Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballon in one of the Sunday morning services. This morning, um, I'd like to turn your attention to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. It's not going to be a sermon, but it's, it, it's a kind of you know, study and uh, a, a teaching as well as a sermon. So I just want to you know, take you through, all of you through, Psalm 107. Psalm 107. So once you are there in Psalm 107, in that page, let's uh, start reading some of those scriptures there. And we will not try to read the entire psalm in one stretch, but instead we will do it section by section. Let's start with Psalm 107 verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hands of the enemy, and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. So here we read a psalm. The psalmist says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. You know, as we have been you know, going through this year, there are many difficulties that we would have faced, many challenges we would have faced in this year. But God has been faithful for each and every one of us and our families. He brought us to the, to the end of this year. And we are able to stand in the, in the end of this year and we are able to turn back and see the amazing way God Almighty has brought us to this point of time in our lives. You know, exactly that's what is going on as the psalmist urges the people of God to give thanks to him, saying that God is good. You know, God has not done anything harm. God has not done anything evil to you. God has been good all along and he's, you know, enlightening their mind and telling them God is good, really. You know, you need to tell that to people at times, you know, God is good, God is good. You know, otherwise, you know, people get an attitude of, you know, turning against God, saying that, you know, thinking that maybe God is against me. No, God is never against us. You know, if God, think about it, if God is against us, do you think that we can, be a, we can survive? No. We just consume. We just get consumed in a fraction of a second if God turns against us. Because we know the history, in the historically God turned against to people at many times. And we know the result of it. So don't think that God is against us. God is always, so it is, you know, it's good to tell people always saying that God is good. God is good. So Psalmist is telling to the children of Israel, give thanks to God because God is good and his mercy endures forever. You know, before we start, I just want to you know, give a historical background about when this psalm was really sung. Probably this psalm was written after children of Israel, you know, turned back to Jerusalem from captivity by the Assyrians and by the Babylonians. Children of Israel, they were under bondage in Babylon for 70 long years. And God brought them in a miraculous way, in a supernatural way, from the hands of the enemy, and he brought them into the land of freedom. And as he, they were brought to the land of freedom, and you know, the psalmist is urging them, give thanks to God. God is, you know, psalmist is reminding them what the Lord allowed them, you know, to go through in their lives. You know, there were sufferings all along. It's just simply because 
of sins in their lives. You know, if you read the scripture, if you know the history, you know, they even forgot to give importance to the Sabbath day. You know, one of the main reasons for bondage coming in their lives, the captivity coming in their lives, they even forgot the Sabbath day of the Lord. They even forgot the God Almighty and they turned away from God and God allowed them to be taken into captivity. And Psalmist is reminding them, just think about, you know, how you are all turning against God and God took you to captivity. And just it's all because of your sins. And not only that, how God amazingly, how God delivered you out of the captivity. When you cried unto God, when you turned you from your wickedness, and when we turned back to God, God delivered you from the hands of the enemy. And of course, you know, you need to go through the consequences. Children of Israel, they were wandering in the wilderness. How many years? 40 long years they were in the wilderness. For no reason. They were just wandering in the wilderness. You know, most of the time, sin also has consequences in our lives. God forgives our sins. God delivers our, uh, us from sins. But at times, you know, we go through the consequences of the sin that we did in our lives. God was, Psalmist was reminding them, these are the consequences of your sins. You are sinful living. But you know what? God forgave you from all those things. God restored you from the trouble that you are living with. And now, God, the psalmist is urging them to give thanks to the Lord. To give thanks to the Lord. The first three scriptures, verses as we read. First three scriptures. We can say that they are dedicated to the redeemed. These scriptures are dedicated to the redeemed. You know, redemption takes place because God was merciful. You know, God was not just, you know, just not ready to punish them, but instead God was merciful and the result of his mercy was redemption. And we can say that this psalm is a kind of psalm which is dedicated to the redeemed. And who are those redeemed today? You and I, me, we are the redeemed in the presence of God. You know, we were living in our sinful living and God, because of his mercy, he decided to redeem us and he redeemed us. And this morning God is telling us, you need to give a song, praise to God. You need to give a thanks to God because you are the redeemed. And let's have that in mind. Children of Israel, they were redeemed from their bondages. And today you and I are redeemed from the bondage that we have been living with. And this morning God is reminding you, my son, my daughter, it is time to give thanks to God because God has been so good. Let's divide that chapter, that psalm into uh, at least six, seven sections. As we did verses one through three, we can say that it's a, it's a dedication part of the psalm. Psalmist is dedicating the psalm to the redeemed. And verses four through nine, he talks about some of the travelers they are wandering in the wilderness. And verses 10 through 16, he talks about prisoners who are under bondage. Verses 12 to 22, he talks about the soul which is sick and tired. 23 to 32, he talks about mariners tossed with the tempest in the, in the sea, in the ocean. Then God says, you go through all this, you wander in the wilderness. You go through bondages in your life. 
and you go through sicknesses and your soul is sick and tired and you are tossed by the waves of the sea here and there but God tells in from verse 33 to 41 God Almighty is in perfect control and finally 42 and 43 he says the righteous and the wise they will always rejoice you know they will just fly over all these things they will just look and see what God is doing you know it's an amazing psalm you know a couple of weeks back you know my wife just you know she just started you know uh, she just showed this psalm to me and then she started sharing some of those things you know God uh, was talking to her and from that time onwards you know these things were in my mind I was just kind of you know meditating on these scriptures and that's the result of uh, you know the, the sermon this morning is the result of that so we are dividing this entire psalm into a couple of sections uh, as we did let's do a kind of you know sectional analysis now now if you take each section you see that in the next slide this is what we are going to see the rebellion of people and God's wrath coming upon people and there is a cry out from the people of God for help and God hears their cry and God delivers them and the psalmist urges them to give thanks to God you know it goes on and on it's a cycle are you able to relate that to our lives this morning isn't that something you go through in your life you know I go through something at my in my life at times I am rebellion within you know within my heart within myself against God and you know what God shows little bit of you know his, his, his part of wrath he doesn't show much but then he shows little bit of it and we cannot handle it we know that you know oh, we, we did a mistake and I messed it up somewhere it is it has gone wrong and then we cry for help Lord please forgive me you know that's what we go through all, all, all along Lord please forgive me and God delivers us and then we give thanks to God you know it's just a cycle it, it, it goes on and on in our day-to-day -day lives too you know, that's where that's what exactly the children of Israel they were going through uh, as we read this psalm let's read a couple of scriptures again Psalm 107 as we read let's again read verses 1 to 3 with an idea that this is a dedication part dedicated to the redeemed oh give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hands of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hands of the enemy you know the pig he's talking about the group of people who are redeemed from the hands of the enemy enemy is out there that is so true enemy is out there he is trying to keep them and keep the people of God children of God under bondage but God does not allow his children to be in bondage forever because he is a redeemer he is the redeemer of Israel and psalmist he says let the redeemed of the Lord say so who has redeemed you from the hands of the enemy who has redeemed you from the hands of the enemy you know only the Lord can or Lord alone can redeem people of God you know when we go through difficulties when we feel that we are in the clutches of the enemy only God can redeem us as the psalm starts here oh give thanks to the Lord that refers to the urgency or the intensity of the psalmist appeal to give thanks that's the reason he's saying oh give thanks to the Lord he's saying it is very very important it is very very urgent that you need to give thanks to the Lord and he says he alone is good nobody else only God alone is good 
And his mercy endures forever. That means there is no beginning and there is no end for his mercy. His mercy is an ongoing mercy. His mercy continues forever and ever. And he says, he redeemed you out of the hands of the enemy. You know, redemption is not that easy. You need to pay for the redemption. If someone has to be redeemed under bondage, he has to be paid. The ransom has to be paid there. And we know Jesus Christ paid the ransom for you and me at the cross. On the day, you know, you would have listened. Billy Graham, uh, you know, shared about Christmas for a few minutes. And, you know, this is what he said. When I look at the crib, baby Jesus in the crib, I see the teacher of the world. I see the redeemer of the world. He is a redeemer. He came to this world as a redeemer. And he did that at the cross. Redemption comes with the payment. And Jesus paid that at the cross. And he's gathered them from all the nations. That's what exactly God does today. God is not the, just the God of Canada. He's not just the God of the United States. He's the God of India. He's the God of Asia. He's the God of Africa. He's gathering his children from all around the world through baptism. Disciples are going there and baptizing people of God and they are gathering. He says, and gathered them out of the lands from the east, from the west, and from the north, from the south. Because he paid the penalty for the entire world. Today in the morning, the good news is we are the redeemed and we are called to give thanks to the Lord. Let's take it further. Let's read verses 4 through 9. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distress. And as we read this, we are trying to understand the rebellion and the wrath of God. And they cry, they did. And God's deliverance coming on them. And they eventually giving thanks. You know, you just remember that cycle as we read through. We are in verse 6. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them out of all their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way. That they might go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Children of God, they were in the wilderness. You know, they were wandering in the wilderness because they were rebelling against God. If you imagine, if you remember a couple of times, you know, then they rebelled against God. They rebelled against the leadership. They rebelled against Moses and Aaron. They even rebelled against God saying that, you know, why you brought us here to this wilderness you know we had so much of good living on on back in our nation you brought us to this nation to suffer to die in the wilderness they were rebelling against God God made them to wander in the wilderness for a long time now God does that even in our life some of the blessings that we ask God we don't get that right away <clears throat> God makes us to wander in the wilderness. We go round and round, round and round, right? Round and round until we realize, until we, you know, we are brought to a time where we just fall at the feet of God, Lord, I'm nothing, help me. Lord, I need your help. Now, God does that in our lives at times because God is more interested in making us 
He's not here to break us. He's here to make us. Making us involves pain. Making us involves sufferings. Making us involves persecution at times. Making us involves some of those draws need to go out of us. And God does that. They wandered in the wilderness. There were wastage of time. And scripture says there were, they couldn't find any city in the wilderness. Everywhere dark. They could not find any place to dwell in the wilderness. 40 years, can you imagine? They did not have houses. They did not have bed to lie down. They did not have anything. They were just lying, they were just in the wilderness. You know, some of their former things would have fell apart as they were walking and walking and walking. Some of those, you know, their ungodly things they were trying to carry with them, they were just going and falling apart because they could not carry them anymore. They become so lean, they become so thin, they become so weak. Those who are rebelling against God. But God was also always with the righteous. Those who are following God, scripture says, even their footwears not become, not, not worn off. They were so fresh. They were even growing as they grew during that 40 years. Their dresses were so fresh. You know, they, their dresses were just growing as they were growing bigger and bigger. You know, nothing, had, nothing happened, nothing bad thing happened to those who are righteous, those who are following God. But those who are rebelling against God, they were just wasting their time in the wilderness. All their efforts were in vain and they, were, they, they did not have any place to dwell. And scripture says they were hungry and thirsty. They were hungry and thirsty. God fed them with the heavenly food. But there are a group of people they did not want heavenly food. They just wanted the food of the Egyptians. And they were hungry. They had to starve. There is no other way. And God is feeding them with the heavenly manna. God is feeding them with meat. And they did not want those things. Now they want what? They don't want cucumbers. They want you know, various other fruits and vegetables they used to have. When God was giving them feast, they did not want that. They were hungry and they were thirsty. And scripture says even their soul fainted. Their soul fainted, verse 5. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. That shows spiritual dryness. They are not able to think about anything. They are not able to think about God. They don't understand what Moses and Aaron are talking about. They say that we see the presence of God. They say that we see the glory of God. But they don't have any clue. Because they, they were spiritually so dry. They are rebellion. And we see the wrath of God coming upon them in the wilderness. And scripture says in verse 6. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them out of their distress. God was merciful even there. Even then God was merciful to them. God delivered them. And scripture says, he led them in verse 7. And he led them forth by the right way. And eventually he led them into the blessed land of Canaan. That they may go and find city to dwell there. Scripture talks about a group of people. They were travelers lost in the wilderness, lost in the desert. You know, as we read through these sections, just want you to think about, reflect upon these scriptures and see whether you will fall into any of this category. Whether you will fall into any of this category. And then you will realize the way God is dealing with you. That's how God has been dealing with you. During last one year. During last three years. During last five years. During last six years. Ten years. You know, we, 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 God has been the same. He has been doing the same thing with us too. As he was doing the same thing. Doing that with the children of Israel. Let's take it further. Let's go read from verses 10 through 16. 
Those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons, because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought them down their heart with labor. They fell down and there was no, none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in trouble, in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of the darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chain in pieces. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for he is good and, his, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. This section we are talking about prisoners, those who are in bondage. How did they go to the prison? They end up in prison just because of their rebellion against God. They rebelled against God. And eventually, you know, they end up in prison. Can you imagine somebody rebelling against God? And cops coming there and arresting them and putting them in the prison. That's what scripture says. Scripture, in fact, is more clear, more precise. And scripture says in verse 11, because they rebelled against the words of God. They rebelled against the words of God. And they rejected the counsel of God. You know, these two are very, very critical in some of our lives. You know, when we come up in our life, as God leads us and as God brings us, God expects us, as we become more and more mature in the word of God, God expects us not to rebel against the word of God. God is okay with times when we were in ignorance. We would have said that, oh, no, 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 this is not for me. I don't think I need to be baptized because I have taken the baptism already. Maybe, you know, I was, you know, the water was sprinkled down over me. Or I don't think, you know, gifts of the Holy Spirit is not for me, it's for somebody else. It's all gone along with Jesus Christ and the disciples. I don't think the word of God is asking me to live a life that is separated from the world. I don't think it's applicable to the current scenario, the kind of you know, living that we have on this world. I don't think it's applicable here. You know, we tend to rebel against the word of God, but the more we become mature, you know, God, God's measuring scale is more strict. And God wants us to obey the word of God. And here we see a group of people, they were rebelling against the word of God and they were also rebelling against the counsel of God. At times, you know, God teaches us and God says, my son, I just want you to commit to this. I just want you to make a commitment to this. Commit to the word of God. Commit to the work of God. You know, at times we rebel against the counsel of God. And you know what? What is the result? Scripture says, therefore, verse 12, he brought down their heart with labor he simply subjected them to heavy labor we know the kind of labor the children of Israel were having in the wilderness in, in Egypt it was so heavy it even moved the heart of God that's the reason God called Moses and told him I'm you know so sorry for my children my people my people are suffering there they were subjected to this heavy labor just simply because they were rebelling against the word of God. You know, at times I think, I sit and realize and, you know, I, I, I reflect upon my life and see, Lord, why so much of difficulty in my life? Why I, I end up in doing the same thing over and again, over again, and I don't see result yet. And the Spirit of God tells me as he tells this morning, my son, my daughter, I don't want you to rebel against the word of God. I don't want you to reject my counsel. 
come to me come to me i will make the burden easy for you he subjected them to heavy labor and scripture says they fell down and there was no help they fell down and there was no help you know that's a very very tragic situation there when someone fell down falls down and if there is no one to help probably if there is no help even to call 911 you know nothing is going to happen you know we come across you know see some of the bravery awards given to little children maybe they are just um, i don't know how many months uh, 18 months or 20 months or 2 years old 3 years maybe children suddenly mom faints and she collapses and these little kids they just go and take the phone and dial 911 and they are able to tell the address of their house they are trained in that way and help comes on the right time and mom is survived you know think about somebody who is falling down without any help scripture says they fell down and there was none to help you know that's a very pathetic situation there there was nobody was there to help you know god removes people help out of our way when we rebel against the word of god when we do not obey the counsel of god that's what children of israel they were going through they were under bondage and now they cried out to god and god was right there to help them because god is good we are not good god is good we are not good god alone is good because of his goodness no matter how far away we walk away from god how far we go away from god how many times we reject the counsel of god and word of god just because of his goodness he comes when we call upon his name and god delivers them and verse 14 says he brought them out of the darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains you know there comes the deliverance in their lives he is a redeemer because he comes there to deliver us he comes there to you know bring us out of the bondage and scripture says he broke their chains in pieces and he brought them out of the darkness prisoners those who are living in bondage when they call unto him god does that god does that for them let's take it for their verses 17 through 22 Scripture says fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities were afflicted their soul abhorred all manner of food and they drew near to the gates of death then they cried out to the lord in their trouble and he saved them out of all their distresses he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions oh that men would give thanks to the lord for he is good for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men we see the third time that that same scripture repeating oh that men would give thanks to the lord we found that in verse 8 and verse 15 now in verse 21 let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing people became sick in their souls psalmist calls them fools because they were living in their transgressions because of their iniquities they were afflicted their soul abhorred all manner of food their soul hated all manner of food that simply means spiritually they are not willing for intake they are not ready to intake spiritually i would call it as a soul death verses 17 to 22 
They became sick in their souls. Have you seen people who are sick in their souls today? They don't have any interest to the things of God. No matter how many times you, you know, how many times you share God with them, somehow they don't get that. Their soul is dead. Spiritually, it's not willing to eat food. It's not, it doesn't have that appetite at all. It's, that soul is not hungry for something. Scripture says they were afflicted because of a couple of things. Because again, they rebelled against God because of their rebellion. They transgressed God. Means they were disobedient to God. And they were, because of their iniquities in front of God, they were sinful. Because of their transgressions and iniquities and their rebellion against God, you know, their souls became so dry. Their souls became so dry. They developed kind of hatred towards spiritual food. And the soul is about to die eternally. You know, today people of God, people are walking around us, moving around us, and their soul is dying. Their soul is so dry. Their soul is so dry. They lost the appetite for spiritual things. They don't want to go, come back to God. They don't want to listen to anything concerning God. You know, at times the term God becomes so offensive for them. That's simply because, you know, their spiritual life or their soul is so dry. They lost the appetite for God. And here comes the help from God. But they did one thing, good thing. Verse 19, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. They knew that they are nearing this gates of hell. Their soul is nearing the gates of hell. And then they cried out to the Lord in their troubles. You know, that's where God wants you and I to function as a church. That's where God wants you and I to go and tell them, come on, God can help you. <clears throat> God can revive you. God can strengthen you. And then if you tell them repeatedly, they may not listen immediately because they, are, they don't have any appetite to listen to you. But then repeatedly, if you go and tell them over and over again, and you know what? They will start crying out to the Lord without their knowledge. Lord, God, if you are so real, help me. And you know, God just waits for that cry from their heart. Because God's heart is so tender. It just moves. The moment they cried out for help, his heart moves. And God says, God comes there right there to help. Verse 20, the way he helps, he sends his word. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their distractions. How he revives the soul? By sending his word and healing them. You know, most of the time we use this word in the scripture for physical healing. There's nothing wrong. We can do, we can do that. But more than physical healing, Scripture talks about the context is spiritual healing because their soul is so dry and it is about to die, it's, it's, it's near the gates of hell and now God is reviving them by sending out the word. He sends the word and heals them and delivers them from their instructions. You know, soul can be healed only by the word of God. Only by the word of God. Only word of God can bring life. In the deadness of the soul. Only word of God can bring nourishment to the soul. Only word of God can, can revive the soul which is about to die. You know that's the first aid that, that needs to be done for a soul which is dying. You know that's why we need to share the word of God. 
No matter how much you share your experience, it is good to share the testimony. It is good to share that God appeared in front of me and he spoke to me. He touched me. He healed me. I was just, I couldn't walk. I was just lying down. The moment God touched me, I just walked, jumped and went out of that room. That's true. It is good. But you need to speak the word because only the word of God can bring that soul healing. Verse 20 says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their distractions. And their soul is delivered from, their, from the grave. Their soul is delivered from the grave. Psalmist says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful work to the children of Israel. Finally, verses 23 to 32. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunkard man and are at their wit's end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. He, so he guides them to their desire heaven. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the assembly of the people and praise him in the company of the elders. Here, what I've got talks about mariners to, who go into the sea for business. We talked about people who are wandering in the wilderness. We talked about people who are living in bondage. We talked about people who are sick in their souls. And finally, Psalmist talks about people who are doing business in the sea. And as we read verse 23, it starts, Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great sea, they see the work of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. When he commands the waves rise and lift up the waves of the sea, they mount up to the heaven and they go down again to the depth. You know, people who are living in the sea, Doing business in the ocean, they see the work of God. They see the miraculous work of God. At times even they go to the deep. The scripture really talks about people who are facing challenges in their lives. People who are facing life challenges. You know, you and I face life challenges, but we don't face life challenges to the extent of somebody else facing life challenges. Think about people who are surviving in the life support. Think about people who are struck with the terminal illness. They're counting their days on this earth. Think about people who are you know, severely burned with the burns, for fire burns, and they are not able to die because you know, the life doesn't depart from them. They go through severe pain. People who are continuing to stay in coma for months together. Scripture is talking about those who are facing life challenges. The same ocean where they do business, now they find that the same ocean is becoming a trouble for them. And scripture says, in the end of verse 26, 
They see all the wonderful work of, works of God, but their soul melts because of trouble. Their soul melts because of trouble. They know that God is alive. They know that God is in control, but they go through what they need to go through in their lives. You know, we need to think about people who are living in the extremes of life. People who are persecuted. People who are starving. People who cannot, who are, whose life is not guaranteed for the next day. They think that every day, maybe this is the last day in their life. They know the work of God. They see the work of God, but the life is so challenging for them. The water currents of poverty take them away every time. The billows that are rising like in the form of persecution in their lives. The rough waves of temptation that are raging over their lives. And they are not able to move forward. They are facing the challenges of life. I do not know whether you are one among them. I do not know whether I am one among them. But we are facing some kind of challenge in our lives. You know, as we think that, you know, God, we know that for sure God is in control. But we are asked to face that challenge. We are, some reason, we are going through that challenge. At times, we become cowards like Jonah. Right? At times we become, you know, heroes like Elijah. We, you know, go back and forth between these two extremes. We are in the same sea. And we know the work of God. But at times, you know, we struggle because life is so challenging. And such people, scripture says, they cried out to God for help. Verse 28. And 29 says, he delivered them, he calms the storm so that it, its waves are still. And he led them to a safe place. Our God is a merciful God. We talked about four different kinds of people. You know, we may be one that may, we may fit very well in one of these groups. Or even at times in our lives, you know, various parts of our lives, we can be able to very well relate our life to some of these groups of people. We go through all this in our lives. But at the end of it, verses 33 to 41, he turns rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground, a fruit land into barrenness for the wickedness of those who dwell in it. Verse 35, he turns the wilderness into pools of water and dry land into water springs. There he makes the hungry dwell that they may establish a city for a dwelling place. And so fields and plants vineyards that they may yield a fruit harvest fruitful harvest he also blesses them and they multiply greatly and he does not let their cattle decrease when they are diminished and brought low through oppression affliction and sorrow he pours contempt on princes and causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way yet he sets the poor on high far from affliction and makes their families like a flock. You know, here we see God is in ultimate control. Even though we go through all this situation, all these phases in our lifetime, even though people go through all these phases in their lifetimes, some is distilling. Do not worry about anything because God Almighty is in control. Why he did all these things to the children of Israel? Can you think about why he does, God does all these things in our lives? Now I could come to only one conclusion from the word of God. God does whatever pleases to him. 
God does whatever pleases to him. I would like to read three scriptures as I listed them there. Job 23:13. Job 23:13. Scripture says, "But he stands alone, and who can oppose him? He does whatever he pleases." Psalm 115 verse 3 Our God is in heaven He does whatever pleases him Psalm 135 6 The Lord does whatever pleases him In the heavens and on the earth In the seas and all their depths You know they were taken so deep into the ocean It is so true They were struggling to get out of it But when they cried unto God God helped them And if they turn back and say Lord why did you bring me to the depth of oceans There is only one answer God tells, I will do whatever pleases me. I do whatever pleases me. You know, it's the same answer in your life too this morning. He does whatever pleases to him. Who am I to question God? Lord, why do you do this? Lord, how can you take these lives away? Who am I to question God? We cannot question God because God does whatever pleases to God. Amen. Let's close with by reading 42 and 43. But the righteous see it and rejoice. See what? See all these things happening to people. See all these things happening happened in our past life. And the righteous see it and rejoice. And all iniquity stops its mouth. Verse 43. Whoever is wise will observe these things. And they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Scripture talks about the divine providence. The divine providence that causes joy to the righteous. You know, it appears this is the, the, the righteous are the people of God is so, so indifferent. It appears to be. Because the righteous see as if nothing is happening there, they just rejoice. They just rejoice. And the wise will observe all these things, what the Lord is doing. And they understand the loving kindness of God. How is it possible? Now I was just, you know, thinking about this. God says, scripture says very clearly, the righteous are going to rejoice. That is nothing but the divine providence. The way God takes care of his own. The way God provides us. The way God does things well in advance for his children. The way God prepares things well in advance. The way God has planned the eternity for his people. You know, it is amazing. The divine providence in your life and in my life is amazing. And sinners are silenced. They do not have anything to say now. Because they see the righteous flourishing, growing like a palm tree, like a cedar in the, in the, in the fields of Lebanon. They are just growing. Who are those righteous? Who are those righteous? Let's read Romans 5.19. It's very well you know, stated in the scripture. Romans 5.19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience at the cross, many will be made righteous. And today you and I are the righteous. And what the righteous will do according to verse 42? The righteous see it. See what? See all those things that are happening in this world. And do what? And rejoice. You know, God is asking us to rejoice. It's not that, you know, we are against somebody. No. God wants us to rejoice. Because it is a work of God. It is the hand of God. 
without God's knowledge, nothing is happening because God is in ultimate control. The righteous always rejoices because the righteous does not fret. He is not afraid of, you know, calamity coming upon his life. Righteous is always rejoicing. And scripture says in the last verse, it is wise to observe what the Lord does. It is wise to observe. And eventually you will realize the loving kindness of God. God is not against people. God wants to preserve their souls. Because their souls need to be preserved eternally. And God does all that, that is needed in order their, for their souls to be preserved. Psalm 119.98. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. For they are ever with me. You know, we can be made wiser than our enemies by what? By the word of God. By the word of God. The word of God makes us wiser. And 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 says, And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. The holy scriptures are able to make us wise. We are righteous because of the perfect work that is accomplished at the cross. And we are wise because of the Holy Scriptures. And as we read this Holy Scriptures, as we meditate, we are becoming more wise. And what is the advantage of becoming more wise? We understand the loving kindness of God. And this morning, I believe, I'd like to close here. I believe God has spoken to us at the end of this year. We have gone through so much in our lives. One year has just gone past in our lives but this morning God is telling you just turn back and just rejoice over it rejoice over it we could hear testimonies this morning God has been so good in spite of all the troubles God bless me God bless me God is asking you to rejoice God is asking the church to rejoice because you are righteous and you are wise this morning can we just thank God for all his faithfulness for all his amazing work for his loving kindness the way he brought us, every time when we called unto him, every time he was right there to deliver us. What else do you need? This morning God wants us to rejoice in as we come to an end of this year. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.